another episode of the Sports Ethos Washington Wizards podcast. It's that dynamic duo. We are back again. Carthen, myself, uh, listen, uh, myself, let me tell you who I am. It's Corbin. Uh, <laughs> that's my name in case I didn't know. Uh, Carthen, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Excited to talk Wizards basketball. There we go. I love it. That's that's the best time uh, just to do it. Just talking with basketball. This is the time. This is the time. This is the place. The Sports Ethos Wizards podcast. Also, by the way, check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at Sports Ethos Online, SportsEthos.com. In addition to this great show, there are tons of other great podcasts, written content, all of that across the NBA, the NFL, some baseball. Just, just you want it, they have it there. So definitely make sure to do that. Uh, Sports Ethos Draft Guide's out right now. So go on the website, sportsethos.com, and you can upgrade to a premium membership, which gives you all of the Draft Guide content, in-season premium package, and the early Brewski 150. So get on board with that. All right, promo over. Karth and I are doing a little something different today. Uh, just a general conversation on the Wizards roster as currently constructed. Our thoughts on what we've seen so far. Uh, without even kind of diving into the games, as we record this on the night of the 22nd, uh, the Wizards will be playing the Miami Heat tomorrow. The Miami Heat are very shorthanded, so we're not really going to go into that game so much. Just talking about the Wizards personnel. Um, and so, Carthen, I want to throw this to you since this is kind of your idea, the brainchild here of this. What do you think when you look at this 2022-2023 Wizards team, and how does it compare to you in terms of roster construction to teams of the past? Well, with this team... I think that it could use a little bit of um, retooling. And the reason I say that is we're very, very forward heavy team. Right now we are guard desperate. We're to the point right now where we are, we had to let Jordan Shackle go as a two-way player to sign another guard to a two-way deal and Dotson so that we could have a healthy point guard on the team. As you know, uh, Jordan Goodwin got injured a couple games ago. DeLon Wright and Monte Morris are out with injuries. So we are very, very short on point guards right now. But we are very, very deep on the forward position. So... You know, with that being said, I, that's something that I noticed about our about the team that definitely needs to be uh, looked into and rectified. That makes sense. I mean, definitely is more forward focus. You look at, you know, um, between Denny, uh, Rui, you know, Porzingis, Kuzma, like that's four guys already, you know, across those front court spots. None of them can really play the shooting guard, or really even the small forward effectively. Uh, so you're looking at all those four across, you know, your power forward and center positions for sure, uh, while your guard depth has taken a hit. You know, you mentioned uh, the release of Jordan. Bradley Beal's been kind of in there and banged up. Monte Morris has had his run. Like, it's definitely a position of need. Uh, looking back in, 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 in years past, you know, you've had other guards as well, not necessarily high caliber guards, but whether it was, you know, your Raul Neto's, uh, kind of your guys who came in and bridged the gap, your Tim Frazier's, you know, guys like that, who were more stop gaps at that position, but definitely held it down. I think now you're right. You do see like a glaring weakness there. But I, I, I guess I want to transition to asking 
when you look at this, you talked about their lack of guard depth and the multitude of forward options they have. What would you consider a strength for this team as we check in here, you know, 15 some odd games? Like, what part is their front court superior to others? Do you think their back court is? Is it their bench? What aspect of the team do you look at and go, okay, you know, we have a clear advantage in this category? I think it's their versatility, especially in the forward position. We have a lot of guys who are who can be playmakers that at the forward position. Your Kyle Kuzma's, your Rui Hachimura's, your Denny Avdias. Those guys are guys who we can have bring the ball up the court. They can they have the ability of being more like point forwards. Um, Kyle Kuzma. A couple games ago when they played the Thunder, had nine assists in the first half. Unfortunately, he ended the game with nine assists. But (laughs) those guys, Denny Avdia, when he came into the league, he was known as a playmaking forward. uh, He's someone who has been discussed about being a backup point guard. Um, if he was able to learn how to use his left hand better. So you you got guys like that, that um, Christoph Porzingis, they are people who can distribute the ball and can play that point forward position if need be with the team. So I see that as a very big strength of the Wizards. Okay, so I, I, I don't want to push back. I guess I just want to ask, like, you say the flexibility of it, but I feel like their front court is like a bunch of power forwards who aren't flexible. Like, this isn't the 2019-2020 New York Knicks. or the You know, it's not that at all. I'm not trying to say that it is. But you have guys in Rui, in Denny, um, who have potential for sure, and they definitely have aspects of the game they thrive in. Rui, I think, has definitely become a better stretch big uh, has some defensive aptitude as well. Obviously, um, Denny is where that lies with well, the playmaking. But, like, you couldn't say, oh, Denny, slide over to the point full-time because his lack of shooting kind of limits him there, right? You couldn't slide Rui to the three because he's not as nimble on his feet to stay with those quicker forwards. Um, but then if you put either Denny or Rui at the five, both of them are undersized there. Kuzma, I feel, has kind of done the best between vacillating between a small forward and power forward level. But I feel like his field of the game as a primary ball handler, that's not his role. You know, he's a shot finisher, right? He's somebody who finishes plays. And when you give him a distribution role, um, you know, he has games like he did, like you said, where he has nine assists. And then you realize that's more like halves or quarters or segments where things are really rolling. But it's not his game. He's not like a Pascal Siakam, you know, throw him out there, get you 19, 4, and 5, right? Uh, he's more like 16, 6, and 3. I can't really say that because when Bradley Bill is not there, he normally has a much higher assist. His, his assists are normally a lot higher. Now, granted, his highest assist game Bradley Bill was in, and it was his first game back. Mm. But when Kyle, when Bradley Bill's not there, Kyle Kuzma is kind of the focal point of the offense, and he plays very well at that point forward position. Denny Avdia is a small forward who can play power forward if need be. Rui is a power forward that in very limited 
times can play the the three, but typically if he's in with Kyle Kuzma, they'll slide Kyle Kuzma to the three and put him at the four, mm-hmm. which is where he which is where his natural position is. So between the three of them, you can play the three of them together. And Kyle Kuzma in a, I I will say in a very, very limited time frame, can play the two if need be, where we've had lineups that were very, very productive, where we had Bradley Bill at the point guard, Kyle Kuzma at the two, Mm. Denny at the three, Rui at the four, and Kristoff's at the five. And we've played that lineup a few times this year in the, uh, during the season, and the lineup was very productive because they literally could switch. The, the one through four could switch one through four, but we were so long that it affected a lot of the teams that we were playing against because we were just so big. The, they couldn't uh, – Kyle Kuzma could get going downhill and they would have somebody small on him, which would give him the ability to be able to just get to the basket at will. Uh, and if they switched on – switch a smaller person onto uh, Rui, same thing happened. Um, Denny's ability to pass would show out. Of course, Bill – would shoot the ball and because of those different uh avenues they can co the three the the three of those guys can coexist together on the floor together with two others whether it's we're going big or small so that's why i would say that i do see it as a strength because they've used it so far this year on several occasions and it was a very productive lineup. I I get you. I just don't know if how much of that is the growth of, for example, like I said, Kuzma's playmaking, the growth of Kuzma as a player, because I do think he's made strides. Good job of Reed's pick and roll. Like, he's doing better. His handle's still high as heck, but, like, he's getting better there. But how much of that is really just the plays that Coach Unsell has put in position where it's just about the right guy making the reads? You know what I mean? So I feel like, yes, from an offensive standpoint, for Kuzma in particular, he is the best guy of those guys to really create his own offense when Beal's off the floor outside of Przingis because Przingis is a big and needs some offense manufactured for him, right? Give him the ball in the right spots. Make sure he's able to kind of, you know, pick and pop situations, pick and roll, that sort of thing. Like, Porzingis can't bring the ball up the court and break someone down off the dribble. That's not Denny's game either. He can bring the ball up and set someone up, but he's not that kind of player. He doesn't have the type of offensive game, not that good of a shooter. Rui Hachimura, better as a shooter, but more of a standstill pop guy, not going to, like, work his way into a midi, you know? Like, Kuzma's the only player on this Wizards roster outside of Wolbarton you know, and potentially uh, to a much lower scale, Monte Morris, who can fit the bill as that guy that can go get buckets. And so that's why I agree with you, because the focus then naturally shifts to the next best guy to do it. I just don't know if what we've seen from the playmaking of Kuzma is fool's gold, or is this something you've seen through the course of the season that's like, whoa, here it is. Because we didn't see this last year, or at least not to the degree we are now. At Towards the end, we did, because he was – the only person at, at at some points during the season, they of course you know Bradley Bill was out for majority of the season when he got injured, and then Kristoff 
he missed a lot of the end of the season as well because they just decided they we weren't going to make the playoffs, so they were going to rest him. And Kyle Kuzma became the number one option. And when he was the number one option, he got his uh, triple-double. He was showing that he ha- he could be a focal point of an offense when they uh when he was given the opportunity last year. So we did see a lot of it. We've saw some we we've saw some glimpses of it this year when Bill was out um and Kyle Kuzma was the focal point of the team. Like I said uh last um our last podcast, he was on um on after a game when he was doing an interview when he told he told them that he told Coach Unsell to run the offense through me, and as much as it was, I remember that being said as a funny. The team looks a lot different when that does happen, when they do run it through him, because of the aggressive nature of Kyle Kuzma and him being so big mm-hmm. that they have to double him because a lot of times he's playing the four and he's more nimble than most fours. If they put a, if they put a smaller guy on there that is a little more athletic, he bodies them. And then it forces them to bring a double team, which means it gets them into rotations that are favorable to the wizards while on offense. Mm -hmm. So where, whereas he may not have the, the normal traditional NBA assist. There are a lot of times he gets hockey assists where he may dish the ball out to a person that uh-huh. then swings it to another person. The play that leads to the play. Right. Okay. So between that and then the type of offense that Coach Unsell is, is running, you don't need that um you don't need that that uh, Kyrie Irving type of point guard mm. that can break a person down and and make a bucket on their own. As long as the ball is continually moving, you can create shots for people. Okay. Okay. So it's really the system that is generating these open looks for these players and putting players like Kuzma in the best opportunity to succeed type of assist, basically. I can get with yeah. that, Carthen, for sure. I mean, I guess it makes sense. And again, it's from your observation. You are someone who takes the time to really dive in these games. And again, follow uh, Carthen on Twitter at Carthen NBA. Really get into it, especially when it comes to Wizards basketball. But I guess going from there, what weaknesses does this team have? Because for me, I'm just going to throw it out. I think collectively the shooting can improve. There's games where it's really good. I mean, you have scattered shooting here and there. Morris can kind of shoot it. Porzingis can definitely shoot it. Barton can kind of shoot it. Beal, honestly, can kind of shoot it. You know, uh, Kuzma can shoot it. It's a lot of iffy to not-so-great shooters or a player in Beal's case who looks like a shooter in theory if you watch this game and look at the numbers and look how they've trended the last three years or so, and it's totally different. But um, with that being said, that's the one weakness I would say. There's more, but obviously I want to get your take on what you would consider a weakness for this Wizards personnel. I would agree with you that that's a weakness um, because, like you said, there's a lot of inconsistencies especially when it comes to all of the players. Um, the guys who we would normally typically count on to be scorers 
haven't been the scores that we would expect him to be. Will Barton's only averaging 7.9 points a game. You would expect him to be averaging a, a, in the double digits. Uh, Bradley Bill is only averaging 22 points a game. Mm-hmm. You definitely uh, expect more from him, even with injuries he's been battling. Kristoff, uh, 20 points. Kyle Kuzma is 19 points. Now, with the three of them combined, that's not bad numbers to, to see that they're averaging over 60 points a game. However, you would expect some of these guys to be shooting better. You look at their numbers that, that they're putting up. Kyle Kuzma's only uh, three-point shooting. He's only at 31%. You got um, guys like Monte Morris, who's a – who's his uh, career numbers are 39%. He's only shooting at 32% from the three-point uh, the three-point uh, line. So these guys aren't shooting at what they are traditionally known to be shooting at. And granted – it's it's still early in the season and those numbers can change, but as of right now, the numbers aren't looking favorable to their career norms. So shooting is an absolute uh, thing that needs to be that needs to improve. But also, mm-hmm. like I said, the last uh, episode, identity is a big weakness right now because. The teams play differently when certain players are on the clo- on the court and when they aren't on the court. Uh, the one that actually shows that you see the biggest identity crisis is when Bradley Bill is on the court. Yeah. So the ball moves a lot more when he's not on the floor versus when he is on the floor. Uh, it showed up big in the Thunder game, and that's why, in my opinion, they lost the Thunder game because <laughs> – they had 23 assists in the first half, and they were up by 17 at half. They only had nine assists in the second half, and they lost by one. Wow. So when you look at it in that aspect, again, Kyle Kuzma had nine assists in the first half, and then he become, and he, and then he ends up one assist shy of a triple-double mm-hmm. for the game. So Kyle Kuzma went from nine he, – he had nine assists in the first half and zero assists in the second half. So no ball movement, nothing. Correct. At least on Kuzma's case. Correct. No, but it was the whole team. The ball was the, the, it was like the ball had uh w- w- had super glue on it or gorilla glue on it, and it would get in somebody's hands and get stuck. Mm. So when stuff like that goes down, you look at it and it's like, okay, if the ball's not moving, then they're not playing good. They're not playing very uh, well on offense. And when the ball is moving, you see that they can put up numbers in bunches because they're there. No one can focus on one person. Brad I guess you can't be, he can't be doubled. And, you know, it, it's funny that we sit here and we talk about this because uh, even, um, even, the announcer uh which one that chris miller uh reggie huh no from the wizards uh good good uh, uh, drew gooden drew gooden there you go drew gooden even said he had to go and look it up and try to see the uh what was going on with bradley bill of 
what his shooting numbers were when he was just a spot-up shooter because last game when they uh, were playing Bradley Bill, first six shots were just off of assists. Somebody mm. fed it to him. He was spot-up, feet was set, catch, shoot, knocked him down. He capitalized off of that. Right, which is Bradley Bill's game his entire career until the past couple of years where he would had to become a playmaker and try to score off of the dribble. And I'm interested to know what those numbers look like. I've tried to look them up myself, but I haven't been able to find those numbers uh, mm-hmm. where they have a comparison versus uh, three-point shots off of catch and shoot versus three-point shots off the dribble. Mm. And I'm pretty confident in saying that those that those uh, numbers are vastly different because when Bradley Bill does catch and shoot, he's a deadly shooter. But when he has to dribble, which is not one of his strong suits, you don't think he, he can to, dribble? What I think is the shooting no, off the dribble. Right, that's what I'm saying. When he has to oh, dribble okay. and, then, and then put up a shot, gotcha. he's not. He's nowhere near as accurate as he is off the catching uh off the catch and shoot right true. so and, and he's not the greatest dribbler either he's got a couple moves he's got his snatch back that is snatched some ankles this That's year pretty good yeah but, it's had his moments but, but outside of that snatch back he's not the greatest dribbler you're not going to see him breaking somebody down like a Kyrie Irving or somebody of, of that magnitude. He that's just not him. So sure. I would definitely say, you know, those type of things are the things that are weaknesses when they when they get stagnant and, and moving the ball. The stickiness kind of slows them down, and that's compounded when you have the shooting problems that they've kind of had inconsistency wise. I totally get that. Um trans kind of trans Referring from the players to the bench, West Unsell Jr., right? You've had a little bit of a sample size now with him as coach last year, what he's done so far this year. What have you liked or not liked out of his performance um, as a coach? I'll start with the likes. Uh, what I do like about West Unsell Jr. is he seems to this year to be a lot more comfortable in the first chair than he did last year. He's doing really, really well with his uh, with his substitutes and putting good team uh, good team chemistry together and putting players in the position to be able to succeed with the ones that he currently has, as well as realizing what players are playing well that game and which ones aren't, and going with the hot players, regardless of their uh status with the team the only ones of course that they they get their priority their priority and their minutes no matter what is the big three and that makes sense christophs um when jordan's been there like i said jordan's been a godsend jordan's when jordan's has a hot game going on he'll stick with jordan throughout the end of the fourth quarter he won't pull him and put Monte in because Monte mm-hmm. was his, the starter. Same with Denny. Uh, here recently, the past couple games, Daniel Gafford has not been playing very well. And because Daniel Gafford has not been playing very well, he's been going with Taj Gibson. He's been going with the wild, with, with, with the Savio vet. 
Yeah, and, to get that leadership, rebounding, toughness. Right, and and it's it's paying dividends with that second unit, and sometimes even the closing unit because that's who he closed the game with when they played against the um, the Miami Heat, mm-hmm. and when they went in the overtime, right before overtime and into overtime. Taj Gibson was the one that was in the game plan, not Daniel Gafford, not um, Rui Hachimura. None, none of none them of were that. in the game. They it went go- with. Mm-hmm. I was saying they went with Gibson. I mean, again, it goes to show you in times where you're really trying to win a game, as Magic Johnson called it so eloquently, winning time. You need the players that are going to you're going to run through a brick wall. They're going to play a tough defense. They aren't going to ask for a shot. They're going to do all the grit and grind, like. You know, Taj Gibson, like a Steven Adams. There's other guys, plenty of them in NBA history, who could have possibly done more but stuck to, you know, their priorities, you know? Yep. So I agree with you on that. Uh, what has been something that you kind of want him to improve more on? What's an area of focus you want to see from uh, Unselled, let's say, over the next, just up to between now and the trade deadline? I would say continue to improve on his uh, managing of of the players when it comes to their minutes and putting the right combinations of players together. Mm-hmm. And again, he's he's been doing a pretty good job of it this year in comparison to last year, but just being able to manage that and being able to um, – to realize who you can put in what positions to be able to make sure that the team continues to thrive, especially when it gets mm-hmm. to after those first few minutes where the, where the starters are in and you have to start now. Yeah, that maximum effectiveness and making sure that you are able to stagger the lineups in such a way to get the most out of this talent. Right. Because the bottom line, I agree. They don't want to put them in this. They don't willingly want to put these guys in a situation like that. Right. And 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 be willing to go against the norms. You mm-hmm. know, if if don't don't always put the lineup based off of what other people are putting on the floor. Make them change their lineup to you. Utilize what utilize the talents that you have to your advantage mm-hmm. to make someone play to your strengths. Because sometimes he's gone in and played guys that they'll they'll go small. And at times when they're going small, I would sit there and be like, why don't you go stupid big right now? And just punish them. And and punish them inside. Like the 2020 Lakers, around the basket, on the glass, relentless with the physicality and the size. And it's too much for a team, no matter how fast they zip around. Right. Because, like I said, to put a lineup on the floor of Bradley Bill at 6'3", Kyle Kuzma at 6'10", Denny Avdi at 6'9", Rui Hachimura at 6'8", and Kristoff at 7'3", that's a lot of... Size. That's a lot of size. That's some real deal stuff right there. Yes, sir. and And if you're putting these little guards out there that... You're putting the shooting guard is six four six five, mm-hmm. and he's got to body any of those other any of those middle three. You can punish him all day, <laughs> and then if they're shoot if they're small forward ain't 
got no real size to him. You could punish him all day too. You ain't got to worry about it. And the reality is, is there it really is no team out there that, except for a very, very few, that has anybody on their team that gets real playing time that's taller than Kristaps. I mean, yeah, They're yeah, very, I guess that's true. Very, very few that have that seven foot plus guy on their team that gets real playing time. Absolutely. It's a rare thing in this league, especially as te- these teams are going more and more away from that overwhelming size, like you saw, you know, old school basketball in the 80s and 90s, the Twin Towers and, and all that. You've seen so little of that now, it's kind of crazy for sure. Um, but, you know, but 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 here's the thing with that. It, you know, we both are basketball enthusiasts. Yes, sir. These type of things go in waves. Mm. There's a team right now that's been great for quite a few years here recently that's now getting their heads bashed in because they want to go real small and everybody going real big against them and they can't, they ain't been winning. They ain't yet. ready for it. Nah. And so... They enforce surprise when they do come. Right. And so you, you look, like I said, you don't have to look very far in, but the defending champions. People been going real big against them here lately. And when they've been going big, they've been getting beat like a drum. Yeah. There's nothing that they can do about it. They can do. And also, let's not forget, they're, I mean, talking about the defending champs, the Warriors, they're using, they're relying on a lot of youth, and their their bench combinations are so mismatched and unfitting that it lends to that as well, which is obviously not something the, the Wizards have to deal with, but it's some parallels there in terms of coaching. Not saying, obviously, Kerr's one of the best coaches to ever do it, but Patterns matter. Substitutions matter. Like you said, knowing when you're going to come in, when you're going to come out, who you're going to play against, or who you're going to play alongside, rather, that kind of helps to build that confidence, especially, you know, in, in, in moments where you're going to have to figure out, okay, how do we generate some offense? I have X, player X to my left, player Y to my right, and we have everyone the reps together enough. And it, and one more thing. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about, playing to, plan to your strengths. Yeah. The Wizards are one of the top teams in the NBA right now in paint points and two-point percentage in the league. If those are your strengths, sometimes you got to play your strengths regardless of who you're playing against and what they put on the court. Because if you can beat a team up in the paint and score a bunch of points in the paint, it not only does it open up your opportunities to get more open three-point shots, but if you're scoring in the paint and scoring into two point in, in your uh, as a two point shooting team at a really really high clip, you're still maximizing your ability to be able to shoot two pointers. And right now, the Wizards' two point percentage on the season is fifty three point uh, uh, is fifty three point four percent for a two point. Uh, on the season for two pointers. Mm-hmm. So I mean, kind of, kind of. those things. It, it writes itself out. It, it writes itself out there, like you said. The numbers don't lie. It backs up what you're saying, and that is that you put yourself in the best position to succeed. Sometimes that means making a clearly defined effort to go. Hey, this is what I plan to do. This is my strength, and this is what we're going to continue to do. I could use that in my dating life. Um, but anyways, Carthen, this has been a nice little brief, just little, uh, recap conversation episode 
Um, like I said, we're recording this later on the 22nd. We'll have this up real, real soon. Um, trying to keep my eyes open here late night. Carthen Thrives, your boy Corbin is checking out. But before we go, I want to let the listeners know where they can find you, bro. You can find me on Twitter at Carthen NBA. You can also reach me at Ethos Wizards, where you can reach us both and we'll respond to any and everything that you will uh that you want to throw at us. Exactly. Uh, you can you can uh reach me on Instagram at Carthen NBA. Mm-hmm. And from there you that's the best way. That's the best two ways to reach me. Well, there you go. That's the way to do it for me. Corbin NBA on Twitter, Instagram, all of that. Sports Ethos on Twitter, sportsethos.com on the website. All right, y'all. That's it for Carthen. For myself, we had a blast. Till next time, go Wizards. Go Wizards.